Well, we are continuing on in this series called Home for Christmas. And while obviously uh, celebrating Christmas is going to look very different this year, um, and while we will be literally at home for Christmas, we can still prepare our hearts and our minds for the coming of God's Son. We can still worship together in spirit and in truth and praise God for his amazing gifts, his, his gift of joy experienced, uh, the gift of peace delivered, uh, the gift of hope restored, the gift of a love freely given. Four gifts that are available to all people everywhere through the coming of Jesus as Savior of the world 2,000 years ago. Now last week, Pastor Harris was here and he talked about a joy experienced. The joy, of course, that was experienced by Mary and Elizabeth as they celebrated their pregnancies. Uh, the joy that was experienced by uh, Mary as she praised God for the fact that her son was going to be, what, the long-awaited Savior of the world. That's pretty cool. But also the joy that we experience today because through Jesus, we are recipients of God's love and mercy and, and forgiveness and, and eternal life with him in heaven. In Jesus, we have a joy experienced we experience his joy. Today, I want to continue and look at this uh, next part of our four-part series. I want to look at a peace delivered. I want to talk about the peace that Jesus came to this earth to bring as well. That Jesus came 2,000 years ago to bring us peace. And, and in light of the way this year, 2020, has turned out, that's a good thing. <laughs> I don't think too many people are going to argue that there hasn't been a whole lot of peace on earth this past year. Uh, and it wasn't just, it's not just the pandemic that I'm talking about either. I mean, when you think about the, the social unrest and the riots, remember that this past summer? I, yeah, I mean, we, we certainly are experiencing not peace on earth, but anger and frustration and disappointment. And of course, there's worry and fear. So yeah, like we talked about last week, we do want and need joy. But I would also say that we want and need peace. And again, the good news is that's why Jesus was born. In fact, 700 years before that first Christmas, Jesus came to, uh, I'm sorry, the prophet Isaiah announced that that's what Jesus came to do. In Isaiah 9 verse 6, he says, for to us a child is born and to us a son is given and he will be called Prince of Peace. And then on that very first Christmas, the angels appeared to the shepherds and they declare this in Luke 2 verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So the prophet Isaiah announces peace. The angels announce peace. And then Jesus, when he begins his earthly ministry, he announces that he too had come to bring peace. In John 14, verse 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. And notice the last part of that verse. You know, the, the peace that this world gives, it, <laughs> um, it's kind of phony at times. It's not the best kind of peace. It's fragile. It doesn't last. But the peace that Jesus offers is real. It's rock solid. Right? It's true. It never fades away. So what does that mean? It means that because of Jesus, you can enter into this brand new year, not filled with frustration or anger or disappointment or worry or fear, 
but with peace, with peace. Jesus came to bring peace. And in the Bible, there are all kinds of different, uh, there's different kinds of peace that the Bible talks about. And each of those are the peace that Jesus came to deliver. What I like to do is look at a couple of those with you right now. Uh, the first kind of peace that Jesus came to deliver 2,000 years ago is simply what I'm going to call, it's just it's spiritual peace. In, in other words, it's the peace that you have with God. So, you know, Jesus came as the Prince of Peace so that you could have peace with God. And, and we need that kind of peace. We need that peace because of our sin, which has caused our relationship with God to go out of whack. And, you know, God is holy, we are not. <laughs> we are filthy with sin, but it is that sin that causes us to be separated from God for all eternity. So thankfully, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago to bring us peace, to make peace with God, to restore our relationship with God. In Colossians chapter one, it says this, God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus and through him to reconcile to himself all things, making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So through Jesus' sacrifice, um, it, our relationship with God is no longer out of whack. Uh, Jesus suffered and died to remove the filth, the stench of our sin. Jesus took the punishment that we deserved so that, well, so that we could be cleansed and forgiven and saved. So in Jesus, our relationship with God is, is healed. We, we are brought back into God's family and we have peace with God. And understand this very important truth. This is a peace that is not something that is based on what we have done. It is based purely on what Jesus has done for us. In Romans 5 verse 1, it says, Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you have peace with God now through Jesus and through Jesus alone. In Jesus, you have forgiveness and the promised hope of everlasting life. What an amazing gift. During this season of Advent and even in our Christmas Eve worship service, you will be privileged to hear some of the memories and stories that are shared by uh, different members of our Royal Redeemer family. In this first video clip that I'm going to show, Mickey and Melody Leach talk about some of the changes that they are going to have to face in their lives uh, with the loss of Mickey's dad, Bob. So for them, Christmas certainly is going to look very different. Uh, and there will be some sorrow there, but they also talk about how they have peace. And I want you to listen for it, especially toward the end of this clip. Let's watch. Um, so Bob Leach, uh, my father, father-in-law, and uh, papa to many, mm. uh, passed away earlier this year from COVID. Uh, it feels like it's okay to change our traditions in a way, right? All the traditional papa things will have to happen, but odds are they will happen because we'll laugh about it and honor papa by doing those, you know? Yeah. If Papa were here today, he'd be saying, okay, we're all going to sing. <laughs> Sorry. He did like us to sing. <laughs> he did. And he liked to sing. It wasn't his strength, but he loved to sing. And look what I always say. He's praising Jesus. Let it go. <laughs> 
So you don't have to do that. Papa had a big personality, but what he really liked, what he spent his whole life doing, was reminding everybody to love Jesus because Jesus loves them. And he shared that message with lots and lots of people in lots of different ways. And it, it's going to be everything's going to be different with Papa. Everything. But knowing that he's in heaven, none of us are were as like completely devastated. We're all so sad that he's not here. But nobody's like, I can't believe it. We can't go on and we can't celebrate this year because Papa's not with us. And because you said, what? You said, because he's safe at home. His father's arms. Yeah, Mickey and his family, they're gonna celebrate Christmas with peace. Because they know, as they just said, that Mickey's dad, Bob, Papa, as they call him, is safe at home in his father's arms. And that's what Christmas is about. It's about the fact that Jesus came to this earth to bring you peace with God. The peace of knowing that your sins are forgiven. The peace of knowing that heaven is your home and that someday you too will be in your heavenly father's arms. So the first kind of peace that Jesus came to deliver 2,000 years ago is spiritual peace. It's peace with God. Second kind of peace that Jesus also came to deliver is what I'm going to just simply call emotional peace. And emotional peace is the peace that you have within yourself. Okay, so this is the peace of God. And put simply, when you are able to experience peace with God through faith in Christ, then you are able to enjoy the peace of God within your heart and within your life. In Colossians chapter 3, Paul says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Notice the word in on your screen there. This is an internal peace, a peace that is inside of you. And the word for peace in Hebrew, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but it's shalom. And shalom can certainly refer to um, a kind of peace that refers to an, uh, an end of hostility and fighting and, and war. But shalom is also a peace that refers to a wholeness and a harmony and a tranquility that is within you. It's peace inside of you. And, and that's another kind of peace that Jesus came to bring. So what does that mean? It means that whatever circumstance you might be facing, that might be taking away your peace, God has a corresponding peace for it that he will flow into your heart and into your life. So for example, when you are wrestling with a broken heart, God offers you comforting peace. When you're dealing with a, a, a confused heart, God offers you guiding peace. When you are weighing yourself down with a shame-filled heart, God offers you forgiving peace. When you're, when, when you're troubled by a worried heart, Jesus offers you confident peace. On and on it goes. You know, no matter what your problem, what your difficulty, what your situation in life, Jesus came to give you peace. The peace of God. In this second video clip, Mickey is going to talk about a time where he had the opportunity to go to Bethlehem and see where Jesus was born. I mean, how cool is that? But at that particular time, there was a lot of tension in the Middle East. So going to Bethlehem was pretty stressful. And yet, as Mickey talks about this event, he says that once he got there, this calm came over him. He experienced peace. The peace that I would argue 
is the peace of God. Let's watch. I think for, for me, this particular year is uh, a little bit more different only because of COVID, uh, my father's passing, of course, but also in February, I was in Bethlehem, right? So we were in Israel for work. I was able to take a couple days uh, weekend and traveled from Jerusalem into Bethlehem. And the U.S. Embassy said not to do that. There was, uh, if you remember back in February, there's some tensions in the Middle East and the recommendation uh, from home and the embassy was, you're crazy, don't do don't that. Don't do it. So a uh, colleague and I, we uh, got in with an international group and we took a, a, a tour bus from Jerusalem into Bethlehem and going into Palestine was very stressful. There were protests, there were people that were angry and you felt the tension and the anger. But what's really cool about uh, how I feel about when I read uh, the Christmas story on Christmas Eve and. And then the Christmas service with the candles and it's calm and silent night, all that other stuff was, is in a really strange, you know, some people would say in a Holy Spirit kind of moment, as I'm in Bethlehem, I'm feeling that again, right? So here it is in February, um, in this turmoil related to politics and the ethnicity that's going on there and kind of feeling that same peace when I'm in the spot where uh, the manger was, um, I didn't expect that feeling and it was really calming, right? It, it kind of came over you and kind of gave you the feeling of, wow, this is really special. And it reminded me of all of those stories and all of those feelings that you have on Christmas when you think about it and you take time to think about, you know, baby Jesus being born there and then, you know, kind of the environment that he's born into, right? So he, he was born a savior, he was God in the flesh, but he was just a baby who was still being chased by, uh, you know, po political issues that were happening a couple thousand years ago that they're different issues, but we're still still wrestling with them today. So I think, you know, this Christmas Eve, kind of need to be able to tie all that together and uh, really bring that to life, I think, a little bit for me this year. You know, as Mickey pointed out, conflict and turmoil and stress were all a part of Jesus' life as he was growing up. And what that means as, is that regardless of whatever situation or circumstance you may be facing in your life, Jesus understands. He, he gets it. And, and for you, the conflict and turmoil that you might be facing right now might revolve all around the pandemic and everything that is entailed with that but it may have nothing to do with the pandemic as well. Your conflict and turmoil may be something different. It may involve your kids, or it may involve your spouse, or it may involve your aging elderly parents, or it may involve your work environment or your financial situation. Regardless, Jesus wants you to understand that he came to this earth as your Prince of Peace 2,000 years ago to give you not just peace with God through faith in Christ, but the peace of God. And the best news is you don't have to be in Bethlehem to experience that peace. God is with you wherever you are and whatever you are facing, God will flow his peace into your life, reminding you that he is at work in and through whatever you might be facing for your good and the good of others. So the second kind of peace Jesus came to deliver is the peace of God. Third kind of peace is what I'm going to call relational peace. And this kind of peace is the peace that you have with others. 
Now, unfortunately, this is where things get a little sticky because while I think we are quick to want to have and enjoy peace with God and the peace of God, being and living at peace with others can sometimes be a different story. Sometimes we don't want to be at peace with somebody else. We just don't. Sometimes we don't want to back down and swallow our pride and admit guilt. Sometimes we don't care if a relationship we have is broken and needs to be restored. And that's awful. So God's word challenges us. Like it does in Romans 12 saying, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Okay, it's everyone, not just the people you know and like. All right, it's everybody, even the people you've never met before and maybe never will meet again. People who are just passing you on the road and cutting you off or whatever. Live at peace with everyone. 2 Corinthians 13, Paul says, be of one mind, live in peace, and the love of God and peace will be with you. So in response to the peace that you have with God through faith in Christ, in response to the peace of God that you have in your heart and in your life right now, God calls you to live at peace. The good news, and this is good news, is that Jesus gives you his Holy Spirit so you can actually do it, because otherwise you wouldn't be able to. But the Holy Spirit gives you his love, his peace, his gentleness, his self-control. He gives you everything you need so that you can live at peace with others, so that you can forgive others just like God has forgiven you, so that you can reconcile with others just as God has reconciled with you. When the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, Relational peace with others can become a reality for you. So those are some pretty amazing kinds of peace, right? The the peace that Jesus came to deliver 2,000 years ago, peace with God, peace of God, and peace with others. But here's the question, how do you keep that peace in your life sustained for the long haul? How do you always walk in that peace? How do you be in that peace at all times? Because that's that's a lot easier said than done too. Uh, Thankfully, Jesus, as our prince of peace, Jesus comes to this earth and he gives us, during his earthly ministry, some guidance. And it's in these very, very familiar words from Matthew 11. Let me read these for you. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest or peace, right? And then he goes on, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest or peace for your souls. So in this passage, in these two verses, uh, Jesus gives us some guidance on how to enjoy and experience the peace that he has come to deliver. And in these two verses, there are three words I'd like you to just focus in on or key, word, key in on. Three words that I am convinced will help you to uh, experience and enjoy the peace that Jesus came to deliver for the long haul. And the first key word is a word that comes from the first part of verse 28 where Jesus says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened. So in that word, the, the, the word I want you to focus on, the key, the, to key in on is the word come. Right? Jesus says, come to me. Don't, don't come to anybody else. Come to me for answers to your prayers. Come to me uh, f- for strength and for encouragement and for healing. Come to me when you're loaded down with worry or stress or guilt or fear. Come to me when you're dealing with loss or sorrow. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me and I will give you rest. 
I will give you peace. Unfortunately, as human beings, we tend to go everywhere but to Jesus for peace. Uh, we, we try to distract our minds or take our minds off of whatever pain or hurt or resentment or guilt or fear we might be wrestling with in the time. And we might try to take our minds off by you know, binge watching something on Netflix or, or, or maybe you know, going online and doing some cyber shopping or whatever. And not that those things are bad, but I think you just got to understand those are not going to give you lasting peace. They might take your mind off of it for a few moments, but it's not going to last Lasting peace is only found in Jesus. Only Jesus lived and died and rose again so that you, by the work of the Holy Spirit, could come to him and experience his peace. So the first word I want you to key in is come. Come to Jesus. Second key word is found in the first couple of words of verse 29 where Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Now, in this case, the key word I want you to key on, on is the word connect. Connect to Jesus in faith. Now, I know that Jesus does not use the word connect in this passage, but really it is the same thing, has the same meaning as yoke, because a yoke is a, is a piece of wood that connects two animals, two oxen or two horses together so that they can share and carry the load together. And, and so yoke is a good word, and connect is, I think, a little bit easier word to remember. But in that word, yoke, we can find, I think, something that can symbolize two truths for us when we connect to Jesus in faith. And the first thing that that, the, that word yoke can symbolize is that it can symbolize um, partnership. It can be a symbol of the partnership that God wants to have with us. God does not want you to go through your life carrying your problems and your difficulties by yourself. You were not designed to do that. You can't do that. So Jesus says, connect with me in faith, partner with me, yoke up with me, and let me help you carry that load. It'll be so much easier, so much better if we do it together. Second, the word yoke can serve as a symbol of control. A farmer will put a wooden yoke on those two animals so that they're going in the same direction. Okay, one's not wandering into the field and they're going at the same time. And when you, when you yoke up to Jesus through faith, uh, the Holy Spirit is going to guide you and control your thought patterns so you're not going too fast in life or you're not spinning off into some di spiritual ditch. You know, God promises you through his Holy Spirit that when he guides you and controls you, you will have peace. And not just today in that moment, but a lasting kind of peace. So come and then connect. And then the third key word, which is in the last, por uh, last portion of verse 29, Jesus says this, learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. And the third key word here is learn. Come, connect in faith, and learn. Jesus is the perfect role model if you want to live a life of peace, right? I mean, you, you follow his example and learn from him, and you will experience two amazing attributes. The, 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 Jesus talks about them. It's gentleness and humility. And, and while those are amazing attributes, they are also powerful antidotes for things that can take away your peace. And let me just share two of the biggies with you right now. One destroyer of peace would be aggression. And aggression is when you try to go through life too fast. 
And, and we live in a country that, that encourages us to do that. And say, you know, don't wait. The early bird gets the worm, right? Jump right in. Be aggressive. Go get it. You know, don't delay. Uh, go ahead and buy it now, even if you can't afford it. You know, six easy payments. You know, pursue it now because you can certainly, you know, uh, think about it later, even if it doesn't make sense. And because of that, because of that, that, that um, aggressiveness that we have in, in this country, we tend to make mistakes. We tend to, instead of be at peace, overcommit ourselves and live with stress. So if you're tired of that, if you want to live with peace for the long haul, follow Jesus' example and learn gentleness. Not aggression, but gentleness. All right, second destroyer of peace is arrogance or pride. It's saying, God, I don't need you to tell me what to do. I don't need your Holy Spirit to guide me and control me. I got this. I know what's best for me. And a lot of people like to take control of their lives like this. A lot of people try to, to put things in boxes that they think are best for them. But of course, we don't always know what is best. So our peace is stolen away because we sometimes make really dumb choices and bad decisions. So again, if you want to live with peace, you know, if you want to enjoy peace for the long haul, then follow Jesus' example and learn humility. Be humble enough to admit that you don't know everything, that you need God's help. So here's my question for you as you're sitting there watching me right now. What's your enemy of peace? You know, and, and maybe it is the pandemic. And maybe it is your health or the health of somebody that you care about and you're concerned about. And maybe it's not that. Maybe it's your job situation or your lack of a job right now. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's the bills that you have to pay and the fact that you don't have enough money to pay all of those bills. Whatever it is, understand that the greatest enemy, the greatest destroyer of peace is always going to be your sin. And it's that sin that separates you from God. But the good news is that Jesus came here to this earth to take that enemy of sin to the cross. And through faith in Christ, you have peace. 1 Peter chapter 2, Jesus says, uh, it says, Jesus himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. By earning your forgiveness, by, um, by, by removing your guilt, Jesus gives you peace with God. By reminding you of God's presence and power in your life, no matter what you might be facing, Jesus gives you the peace of God. And by equipping you with his Holy Spirit, Jesus enables you to live at peace with one another. That's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about God coming to this earth in the person of Jesus Christ to bring us peace. A peace that is available to you right now when you come to Jesus, when you connect with him in faith, and when you learn from his example. So let me just close by challenging you in a couple of ways. First, let me just challenge you to rejoice that in Christ you have peace with God. Through his death and resurrection, your relationship with God is restored. You have peace with God. That's amazing. Take time this week. I challenge you to just take a moment, breathe a prayer of thanks and praise that you have peace with God. Second, let me challenge you to follow God's lead and live in peace with others. 
Just as God has reconciled you to himself in Jesus, ask the Holy Spirit to help you with whatever you might need to heal and restore whatever relationships you might have that might be broken or damaged. And then third, love others by sharing why Jesus is the Prince of Peace. I mean, don't keep it a secret. Uh, You know, everybody knows Christmas is coming and you can tell them that yes, Jesus 2,000 years ago was born in a manger in this little no-name town called Bethlehem, but he didn't stay this cute, cuddly little baby. He grew up to be the Prince of Peace. And through him, everybody everywhere can experience the peace that he came to deliver. A peace with God, peace of God, and peace with one another. All right, would you pray with me, please? Lord Jesus, we praise you for coming to this earth on that first Christmas to bring us peace. Now, Lord, I ask that you would help and equip us to always live in that peace, that your Holy Spirit would empower us to come to you and connect with you in faith and learn from your example. Help us, Lord, and bless us through this series. Thank you for being our Savior. Thank you for being our Prince of Peace. Jesus, we love you. We pray all this in your great and holy and powerful name. Amen.